Welcome back to Just Grab Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Shelton. Ahead of episode 61, ahead of UFC 269, we got a really good lineup for you. First up, we're joined by the returning Josh Emmett to preview his fight against Dan Ige. Obviously, Emmett's been out for a while. This is a big one for Emmett. So just talking about kind of that layoff, what his training camp's been like. This is a big spot for Emmett to really kind of remind everyone that he's a real dark horse feather division. He knows MMA's a what have you done for lately sports. He's looking to make a big statement and kind of show everyone that he should be next, or not next, but right into that title conversation. We're then going to be joined by his opponent, Dan Ige, to previous fight against Josh Emmett. Ige kind of talks about how this one came together. Um, having to train for Emmett, who hasn't fought in a while, like not really knowing what he's going to look like, how his knee's going to hold up. But Ige knows this is going to be a really tough fight. He's expecting a war. Both these guys mentioned like that Chandler Gaethje type, but not as obviously bad as that. But they're kind of expecting this to be the fight of the night. Both men know they are both tough to finish, both to tough to uh, very durable. So they're expecting a really 15 minute war in this one, which should be a really good fight. We're then going to be joined by Phil Derue, who's Poirier's strength and distance coach. This is the second time we've had Phil on. I had him on before UFC 264. Just really good insight into Poirier's camp, how kind of what they've been working on, different things compared to what they did for McGregor to Oliveira. And Phil kind of even touched on maybe Poirier retires after this one. That something's kind of been mentioned. He thinks uh, he was saying how there's nothing really left for Poirier if he wins. So that was kind of interesting. But he also mentioned how he wants to see Poirier at 170, maybe win this belt and go up to 170. He thinks Poirier would do a lot better at 170. His frame would be a lot better at 170. And it's not just worried about the weight cut. He can start adding more skills to his already very dominant game. We're then going to be joined by Eric Anders to preview his fight against Andre Manuz. This is a really interesting fight. Eric Anders supposed to fight uh, on November 13th against Roman Delize. He ends up getting COVID. He had to pull out. Now he's fighting less than a month later against uh, Andre Muniz, who was supposed to fight at Dresses Duplessis. Um, Anders kind of mentioned that he is ready to go. Like he never really took a whole lot of time off. We also talked about John Jones training a fight ready. His microphone, his phone was kind of messed up. He had some water and he said, so his microphone uh, wasn't the best at the end. Started to make some weird noises, but it's still audible enough where you can hear everything but really good job with uh, eric and then we close things out talking to randy costa preview his fight against tony kelly this is a phenomenal fight randy costa and tony kelly are both just throw down guys at bantamweight randy's really looking forward to get back in there after his lost age union as he's expecting a good highlight real finish and start to gain some momentum again but really good chat with all of them be sure to share the show subscribe and thank you all for listening and it all right, we're joined by UFC featherweight Josh Emmett, who's finally making his way back to the Octagon. Josh, how's it going? It's going good, man. I'm uh, a little tired right now. I, uh, I I flew out to Vegas last minute just to, to watch the Raiders game, and then I, I I landed in Sacramento early this morning, and I just got done with my first practice, so I got a little, little time here, and then I, I'm going to hop into another one. Uh, to finally say that, like get into a fight camp, like what's that like? Because it's been a long time just recovering from the knee. Yeah, no, it's uh, man, it's it's been a, a, a it, it was just a journey, you know. It was, it was a tough road for sure, you know. I've had a lot of injuries, but this uh, this knee injury that I went through um, has to be at the top of the list, you know, for a lot of the injuries I've had. And and it's it wasn't the initial um, surgery. It's I had to go back in and do multiple things. Um, just had a lot of issues. So now <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, over the past, I, I've been busting my ass for 15 months straight with PT and boxing and strength and conditioning. But, you know, a few months ago, I was able to, things just clicked where I could start wrestling, grappling, doing everything, getting back to, you know, just my athletic style and, and just using a lot of movement and, and things like that. 
Um, whereas for a while, you know, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to get back to where I was at. So I was, you know, I was having a little tough time for a while, but, um, you know, it, it, I, I know, like, I'm like, just with time, <laughs> it'll get better. So, uh, here we are. I'm, uh, I can't wait to get back in there in less than four weeks now and, and test myself against another, you know, tough, hungry fighter. Uh, Danny Gaelic, were you surprised as his opponent? Cause I know they tried for Arnold Allen, like he couldn't do it. So like, are you surprised that Ige was the one they ended up settling with? Yeah, no, no, not really. You know, he's, uh, yeah, like you said, I was going to fight Arnold Allen. I wanted to fight someone in front of me and for whatever reason, it, it just, it couldn't happen. So they, you know, they, they offered me Dan Ige and, um, I, I know he would accept it. You know, he's, uh, he's fighting the best guys in the world. He's coming off two main events um fights uh he's young hungry comes from a great camp he's a he's a great fighter um so I, I wasn't surprised when he took it um and like i've been saying i see a lot of similarities in us you know we're, we're pretty similar in styles um so it's it's going to be a hell of a fight and and i think the fans are more excited for this matchup than they were they would have been for the arnold allen stylistically like how do you think you match up against him because i actually talked to him like a couple days ago and he said he views it as like not as much of a brawl as Gagey Chandler is, but similar where you both can take it down, but you probably won't take it down. It'll just be kind of a, a fan friendly fight. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, like, I have nothing but respect for you. He's a good guy. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if it'll be like the, the Gagey Michael Chandler fight. That's, that, that's going to be a, that'd be a tough fight to, to beat. You know what I mean? That was a phenomenal fight. Um, they had everyone on the edge of their seats. Um, but yeah, it's, I just know it's going to be a tough fight, man. He's, he's so durable. He's good everywhere. Um, he's never been finished. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's going to be tough. Like we're both going to come forward. We're going to meet each other in the center of the octagon and we're going to, we're going to kind of see who can, uh, take more damage, who can inflict more damage and, uh, who has a bigger heart that night. He's obviously a very durable guy. Like Calvin Cater couldn't put him out. Zombie couldn't put him out. It's like, are you kind of preparing for this one to go distance? Cause like he's taking some big shots and kind of keeps walking forward still. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I I'm always prepared for 15 minute war. You know, I, I hope it doesn't go that long in every fight, but it's uh, I'll, I'll be prepared. And, and, you know, how can I go against that? Just because he, he's had so many fights and he's never been finished. So of course that's like a goal of mine. I've fought a lot of people that have never been finished, never been knocked out. And, and I was able to, do so you know finish them but uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna be ready for a 20 minute war you know and then uh hopefully it doesn't go that long though you've had a bit of a layoff like before with the after the stevens fights like do you are do you worry about ring rust or any of that or do you think you're gonna be just fine yeah no i'll be fine i i, I don't believe in, believe in ring rust i'm like if you're doing what you should do you know and and, and i've been working so hard like this entire time i, I don't know if I, i've actually been working harder you know um than I typically do. But if you're like out of the gym and if I took, you know, a year and a half off and just did nothing or I just did physical therapy, then I might be a little concerned. Um, and I would use ring rest as an excuse. Um, but look at Yair. He just fought last last week or, or I mean, a few days ago. And he, he's been off for two years. And that was that was another crazy fight. You know what I mean? And it, it sure didn't look like he was off for two years. You know, he looked like he because he's working hard and he continued to improve. And it's the same thing with Dominic Cruz. You know, he, he says the same thing. He doesn't, he doesn't believe in ring rust. It's, it's, as long as you're prepared, um, you know, and 
but, but who knows though, you know, it's like, you can go out there and you're just not on that night, you know, but I, I really, I'm not too concerned about that. I've had multiple long layoffs in my career, um, early in my career before I got into the UFC and then as well in the UFC. How much like different of a fighter do you think you're going to look out there? Just cause it's been like a year and a half and like, you can obviously add a lot of, although you're rehabbing, you can still add quite a bit to your skill set in a year and a half. Yeah, off. no, I think I'll, I don't think I even got to show that in my last fight, you know, because, uh, what I was planning on doing, what I was capable of doing, um, just because I hurt my knee, you know, in the first 19 seconds of the first round. So I just kind of fought on one knee, couldn't really do a whole lot. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I will be prepared uh, December 11th and uh, I'm, I'm going to go out there and, and I've never been in a boring fight. And now, especially with uh, the Ige matchup, this is this is not going to be a boring fight. I, I promise you that. Are you kind of thinking this? Because to me, I think like when you look at this card, like this one, I feel like many people are kind of circling as a fight of the night. Yeah, no, yeah. Any, I, I feel like any any matchup I'm on, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a fight of the night. It's like, I wish I could just get knocked out of the night. But it's like, with like again, with this, with Ige, it's, uh, dude, he's so tough. So I'm like, I think it's going to be a fight of the night as well. And and I think a lot of people are excited for it. And it's such a huge card, one of the biggest cards of the year. Um, literally stacked from top to bottom, the prelims to the 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 main event, you know, so I'm, I'm happy to be making my return on, on such a big card. And, uh, and it's in Las Vegas with the fans, you know, I've, I've always wanted to fight in Vegas and, uh, last fight was my first fight in Vegas, but there was no fans. So I was like, damn it, this is not what I was expecting. So, uh, here we go. The fans are back to the T-Mobile arena on the biggest pay-per-view card of the year. Well, that's what I actually want to talk to you about. Like that walkout, what's that going to be like for you? Cause it's been a while since you've walked out in front of fans. <sighs> Yeah, that's true. Um, when was my last? It would have been, been... Uh, Hectic in Sacramento. Oh, damn. So that was in 2019. So, yeah, that's gonna that's quite some time. Yeah, two and a half years <laughs> since I uh, fought in front of fans. Um, no, I love it. You know, the, the fans excite me. They, you know, they, they fuel the fire. It's, uh, it, it's literally like I feed off the energy. The louder the fans are, the more they're cheering. Uh, really pumps me up and, and and I just you know I'll go in for the kill and uh, maybe they pump me up too much where I'm like man I should be a little more relaxed and but it's like I, I, we're in the entertainment business like um, I, I know what the fans want to see I know what Dana White and the matchmakers want to see um, and so that, that's why I, I really go out there to to entertain and and put on a hell of a fight a lot of people kind of view you as like the dark horse of the division but are you putting like any pressure on yourself to go out there and have like a a statement win just because like MMA is a sport where it's like, what have you done for me lately? And you like, just cause you haven't fought in a while. Like it seems like people might've forgot about you. Yeah, no, no. I'm always, uh, I always put a lot of pressure on myself. You know, I'm, I'm my biggest critic. Um, it's like my coaches and, and teammates. I'm, I, I don't know. It's, it's not that I'm trying to do stuff perfect. Cause I know people can't do so, but, uh, any, anytime I'm not really doing like a technique or I'm not, I don't know. I, I'm just hard on myself. So they, they give me, you know, they give me a hard time about that. But uh, yeah, no, I am trying to make a statement in every fight. And, and I feel like in the UFC and in MMA, it's uh, things go by so fast. So it's like you could have the, the craziest fight of the year, the, the craziest knockout. And then, you know, a week or two goes by and people slowly start to forget about it. But as soon as they replay it, then they remember, um, you know, so it, it's been a while. It's going to be a year and a half since I fought last. And so I'm, I'm trying to get back to exactly where I was. Um, I felt like I had so much momentum 
um, going into the Burgos fight. And then, and then we had a, a great hard fight that people were excited about. And then, then I'm gone. So it feels like that just happens time and time again. So yeah, I'm trying to go out there be exciting, have a, make a statement and, um, kind of get back to where I, where I was at. Uh, just a couple more things like Ige is obviously ranked ninth. He's behind you, but where do you kind of think a win puts you? Cause I think a win here, like I wouldn't be surprised if you're in like a possible like title contender fight. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I, that's what I think, you know, just because he's, he's been fighting the best guys. Okay. He's ranked number nine. He was on such a long streak. He's beat a lot of the top guys. He's, he's fighting the best guys in the world, the guys in the top five. And he's, and he's just, he's losing decisions to him um, and, and close fights. So I, I feel like if I can go out there and have a spectacular performance and, and make a big statement or, you know what I mean? I, I feel like I'm, I'm right back in the mix. Um, and I could be possibly one shot, one win away for fighting for the title, but that all means nothing if I don't get this win on December 11th. With the feather division, like what are your kind of thoughts on top? Because obviously Holloway had that good win. Like it seems like he's going to be next. And then it's kind of like Yair, Brian, and Korean Zom, you're kind of there all without a dance partner. Like it, like one of those could make even sense for you. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it, they're going to do the the Holloway, Volkanovski uh, three, which I, I think they should. You know, Max definitely deserves it. Um Volkanovski is the only guy that has kind of got in his way, but you know, it's, he won the first round. I mean, the first fight, the, the second fight was so close, kind of controversial. And then Max has just been looking better and better in each fight and each uh, outing and performance. So he deserves it. But I, I think a big win over ego, maybe I just kind of hop in front of uh, all these guys because everyone in front of me, they've all fought each other. They've all fought Max. They've all fought Volkanovski. So you know, that I'm just going to, I have to get this win first uh, before I kind of look forward. Are you hoping to be active though next year, just to kind of make up for that lost time? Yeah, no, I, I want to be as active as, as possible. I always do. Um, you know, just because I, I, I feel like I have some lost time to make up and um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. That's for sure. So I, I want to stay as active as possible. Um, and, and that's always been a, a goal of mine. And, and I've done that early when I made my featherweight debut, you know, I, I went, I went on and I think I fought like four fights and, uh, or three or four fights within like four or five months, something like that. Um, so, so I would love to just fight as much as I possibly can, um, and, and stay healthy, stay active. Um, yeah, just kind of stay in the mix, you know, cause I, I don't know how much longer I have. I, I think I have a good four or five years left in me, but I realistically, I only have a, a, a little time to make a run at the title. Uh, just two more things. Like, are you hoping a main event comes uh, next? You've only had one, which I was kind of surprised. I thought you'd have had more by now. Yeah, um, not really, unless it's for a title. You know, I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't care to fight five rounds for for an extra, you know, a little bit of cash. You know, if it was for a title, uh, yeah, anyone. But uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, I really don't mind. Well, what has the gym been like? Because a lot of you guys are fighting on the same card or like fighting a couple weeks apart. Yeah, it, no, the, the atmosphere is great. We have a lot of the guys, like Song just fought. Um, we have uh, Clay coming up next. And then it's uh, Cody and myself. Macy was supposed to be on the card, but unfortunately she got and injured. Pi was on your card too against Solano. Yeah, yeah Pi was, was on the, the card as well, Halion. And then we have uh, Elkins right after that. So it's uh, everyone's been in the gym training. We have, you know, year-round people are, are training. And we have uh, we have so many good drilling partners and and people to to spar and stuff like that year round but here it's been at like a all-time high and uh 
we're hoping to keep that momentum and that ball rolling and, and get a handful of wins. Uh, just last thing, Uriah Faber, do you think we see him fight again? What's that? Do you think we see Faber fight again? Like, he always never really retires. I know. You ne you never know. Like, even, even me, I, I don't know what he's going to do just because uh, he, he's always in the gym. He's always working out. He's teaching classes. Uh, the guy's in great shape. He eats so healthy. Like, you know, his uh, his birthday is in May. And I know he's always trying to uh, – he's always trying to fight around his birthday, you know. So, I, I think if the, the, uh, the price was right um, – yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Faber fight again, but who knows? Only, only he knows that. Well, Josh, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Cool. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll chat soon. All right, we're joined by UFC featherweight Dan Ige, who's back in action. Dan, how's it going? Uh, I'm pretty good. Just uh, finished up a nice, um, tough training session today, Saturday. Uh, I'm at Extreme Couture. Did some nice cardio rounds. We're sitting four weeks out, so uh, I feel great. Excited to compete again. Excited to compete with fans on a big pay-per-view in Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. So yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't feel any better. Fighting Josh Emmett too. Like this is a guy coming off an injury. A lot of people didn't want to fight him. It's like when you heard that name, like isn't immediate yes because he's obviously an all-action guy. Yeah, um, when they called me with the Emmett fight, I was actually honestly a little bit surprised. Like my mind was honestly thinking smaller. I, I guess because I was coming off a loss and um, I wasn't sure in my mind how like the company thought about me and like, and in my mind, I was like, okay, hey, I'm probably going to fight someone below me, you know, number 15, 14, 13, 12, like didn't really matter. I figured it would be someone below me. So I was kind of like, mentally prepared for anyone. Um, even guys outside of the rankings, there's a lot of up and comers. So I kind of had my mindset on just fighting anybody. Uh, rank below me or whatever um josh emmett i wasn't really sure what was going on with him because of his health and uh, although he is a great opponent I, I just wasn't he wasn't on my radar but they called me and i was uh, i was a bit surprised and honestly stoked for the opportunity because it's another chance to climb the ladder because he is ranked above me um it's a great fight stylistically for me and for him it's it's just going to be a fan friendly fan entertaining fight um, we both bring it. We both uh, bring everything to the table and try to finish our guys. And um, it's going to be a great fight because we're both tough to put away and we can both throw some heat. Fighting in front of fans too on this big card. Like how excited are you for that? I'm super pumped. Um, it's been four fights, almost two years without fighting, you know, fighting in an empty arena, fighting in the apex, fighting in, in Florida with no fans, fighting in Abu Dhabi with no fans. And <clears throat> I got to attend the Volkanovski and uh, Ortega card. I got to attend it live and it was just a different energy. And I just, that's something I've envisioned from day one of fighting, which is fighting in big arenas filled out with everyone screaming or booing or it's just a different energy. It's electric. And uh, I'm excited to, to face Josh Emmett in front of a, in an arena full of fans, because like I said earlier, it's a fan friendly fight and it's going to be a, I'm preparing for like a, a Gagey Chandler type war. <laughs> I was looking at your record. Anytime you lose, you get a first round knockout. And when it happens in the UFC, when you lost the UFC, your next fight's a sub minute knockout. So like putting any pressure on yourself to go do that here? Nah, I, I feel like 
Cole, this is my 20th pro fight coming up, and I feel like I've kind of matured, and I, I don't know. I always say I'm not going to do it, and then I'll go out there, and I'll try to kill the guy in round one. But I, I really feel like I'm coming into my own, like, as a fighter and really maturing. Like, this is my 20th fight, but uh, I'm telling you right now, fights 20 to 40 are going to be my best fights. Um, I've pretty much been the guy to, to learn on the job. I've got a lot of experience on the job. I've won. I've lost. I've, I've constantly grown. I've constantly improved. And that's my main goal is to be the most improved fighter from fight to fight to fight. And I've shown that every fight I've always improved. So um, I, I really feel like I'm maturing as a fighter and I'm going to go in there and, you know, be very composed and pick my shots and, and, and time them right. And hopefully we get a finish. But if not, I'm looking to just go out there and, you know, win. That's regardless. I'm going to go out there to win. I was looking at your record, even your amateur record. You've never lost two in a row. Like, what kind of changes do you make? Because that's pretty impressive, like, to never lose two in a row. I, I'm sorry, I never lost by what? Like, you've never lost two fights in a row, even your amateur oh, yeah. career. Like, how, like, what kind of changes do you make after your loss to keep that going? You know, sometimes you get complacent in the wins, and, like, you could get used to winning, and then, but winning doesn't care. Like if you could win and you stopped to work just as hard for the next win. And sometimes I'll do that. I'll go, I'll win, I'll win, I'll win. And you get complacent. And then you just so happen to lose to remind you and be like, fuck, I, I can't lose again. So um, I, I'm not a, like a super superstitious guy, but I don't want to lose two times in a row because that could be my job, you know? So I, I'm always looking to win regardless whether coming off a win or a loss, but, sometimes coming off a loss just really reminds you like, Hey man, this is, this is your career. This is your life. This is your livelihood. This is how I provide for my family. And like, at first I did this just for fun, but now this is my real job. So, you know, I don't want to lose because I don't want to take home six figures less. You know what I mean? So I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to win by all means possible. Sometimes we get caught up in like, you know, negotiating for money and this and that but like at the end of the day like i'm in this to be a champion in order to be a champion i gotta win and i gotta win all my fights and i gotta keep winning so um yeah i've had uh 11 amateur fights and this will be my 20th pro fight never never lost two in a row never i've been finished once in my amateur career i got arm barred um yeah <laughs> my second fight uh but other than that you know I'm, I'm not an easy guy to put away and i'm always looking to win always looking to finish Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was so, just saying, like, I looked at your amateur career. The first guy you fought was a guy the same last name. Like, were you related to him? No. <laughs> yeah. So my very first amateur fight, I fought a guy named Micah Ige. And it was kind of funny because I was supposed to fight. Hawaii MMA is crazy. I was supposed to fight someone else. I, I don't, I have no idea who, but I remember at the weigh-ins, he didn't show up and there was this guy, Micah Ige, he had maybe 40 amateur fights. He fights every weekend, fights two times in a night, like doesn't have the best record. And I remember he was there at the weigh and said he would step in to fight uh, at like a catch weight of like 160 something. I, I think I weighed in at 55. And so we ended up doing a catch weight. But yeah, I might not, I'm in no way related to him. But in my mind, there was like no way I could lose to a guy with the same last name. So it was kind of a battle a battle for the name and I, I, I finished him pretty, pretty fast. <laughs> um, 
back to your fight. Like, has it been hard to prepare for Emmett just because he hasn't fought in 18 months and you don't really know what he's been working on? Um, no, not really. Uh, I, so I got this fight on about seven weeks notice, but I, w- I was preparing, like I said, kind of for anyone. I know there was other guys in the division calling me out. So I was like, I was getting ready for a fight regardless in, uh, in December. And when they called me for Emmett, I was, like I said earlier, I was a bit, I was a bit surprised and, and pumped up for that opportunity, but no, it hasn't been hard to prepare for him just because we have so many good guys in the room, extreme couture to, constantly helped me grow and sharpen and get better and he's he's not like a a difficult style to prepare for it's he's a he's very strong he's shorter he uh he punches hard and throws big overhands big loopy hooks you know can throw some straight punches too and got a good jab got good wrestling so i i I just prepare for the best you know the best guys in the world anyways so I, i i don't I don't see it as like it's difficult to prepare for him, but I, I just kind of my main focus is to be better than I was before, better than I was in my last fight. And that you, that recipe usually works out pretty well. Uh, stylistically, like how do you think you match up against him? Because to me, this just seems like two guys are just going to keep standing and basically just trade really. Yeah. I mean, it's an MMA fight. Uh, I have, I have the tools and he has the tools to take the fight anywhere it goes. Um, it's really going to come, come down to who's a smarter fighter, who has the better footwork and better angles and, and can, and can land their shots. And, uh, you know, that's where I believe I'm, I, I feel like my vision and my, my timing and just my activity will be to my advantage, but, you know, not taking anything away from Josh Emmett is I have a lot of respect for him and his team um, his cornerman, Danny Castillo, Joey Rodriguez, uh, Chris Holdsworth, great guys. I know all of them. And, you know, it, it sucks for them to corner against me because I, I like those guys so much. But at the end of the day, like, this is my job and this is the business. And um, it, it's me or him. And too bad we can't both walk out winners, but one of us is going to have to lose. And I, I'm not ready to lose again. How do you kind of see this fight playing out just because Josh is very hard to put away? Like, it seems like a fight that most likely probably goes the distance. I mean, dude, the guy's super tough. He 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 showed that not only in his last fight, but I'll use his last fight as an example. Like, the guy tore his ACL in round one against a hard-hitting Shane Burgos and, you know, fought through the whole three rounds and won the fight. So, like, I'm not taken away from his toughness and – you know, if, if I go and get a nice knockout like a Gavin Tucker KO, great. But, you know, that's not what I prepare for. I prepare for I prepare for the hardest motherfucker to put away. And, you know, I like I said earlier, again, I'm expecting a, a Gagey versus Chandler war. Like, you have to be prepared for that because if you're not prepared for that, like, you're going to break and you're going to crumble. So I watched that fight the, the other Saturday and, like, got anxiety thinking about it because I was like, that's that's a possibility. We got two guys so evenly matched that are going to go out there and throw heat and can both wrestle offensively and defensively. And we both have the ability to knock each other out. So it's going to be a insane fight for the fans. And But I'm looking to come out victorious. He's ranked seventh. So you get your hand raise here. Like, where do you think that kind of puts you in the division? Uh, I'm assuming it put me at seven. I, I don't. I, I really try not to emphasize on that too much because even in my last fight, I got caught up thinking about it like, oh, I beat Zombie. 
I'm one fight away from the title or I get a title shot. Like that's how I was thinking, but I'm, I got to think about this fight and only this fight and whatever happens from there. Great. Um, so I'm not looking past this fight and, uh, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I got a tough guy ahead of me and, you know, go out and beat him. I think it puts me at number seven, but if not, you know, I, I don't, all I know is I'm climbing the ladder. What do you think that walkout's going to be like? Because it's been a while for you in front of fans. Like, and especially this card, like it's going to be a massive card. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing it already. I'm planning. I'm just going to embrace it. I'm going to embrace the fans. Like you never know. You might, we might have another pandemic, another lockdown and I might not get to do this again. Like I'm going to embrace every second of it. I'm going to like, I'm going to look around, feel the energy, feel the atmosphere and just like try to make it a moment because these moments don't last forever. And I look back like February, 2020 was my last fight with fans and I fought four times from there. That could have, who knows? Like you never know what can happen in a fight. You're always one fight away from your last fight and you never, (laughs) so I, I, uh, I'm planning to just go out there and embrace it, embrace the energy and um, just soak it all in while I can. With Emmett too, like even the Michael Johnson fight, like he knocked him out late in the third. So like, how much do you look at that one where you kind of have to be focused and like always defensively sound for the entire 15 minutes? Cause it's not like his power is like some of those power where it goes that way of the first round. Like he carries that knockout blow from round one, right to the final bell. Yeah. hundred percent. He's dangerous. Um, Emmett's dangerous, dangerous every second of the fight. You can't, you can never take it for granted. Even like, I'll use the Michael Johnson fight, for example, like when he was, I, I, I thought he was winning the fight and he, he started getting comfortable and getting groovy and like, okay, a little comfortable. I'm going to put my hands down get a little swag, you know, a little swagger to his punches. And then he got caught. It's just what it is. Like I have to have laser focus for 15 minutes, no matter what, um, even if I'm dominating for 14 minutes and 35 seconds, like I can't let off for that last 25 seconds because he's always dangerous. He can end the fight in one second. So um, I'm just going to have good sharp eyes and try to see everything and, and um, just be there in the moment. I can't, I can't go out there and like anticipate and like be ahead of myself. I have to be hundred percent in the moment, laser sharp focus and and just look look to win those uh battles small battles and positions and constantly you know try to score uh just two more things like something you mentioned where you're not really looking past emmett like you did with like zombie i think all this gets your title shot so is that something too like you're not even worrying about who to call out or what's next like it's only focused on emmett yeah i i I have to i i've done it before and I've made the mistake more than once where you start looking past and you start setting yourself up. Like I had the whole path laid out. I thought I did everything right. I, my last fight, I, I literally did everything right. And I thought all I had to do was show up and I'd win. And, um, I had the, the, the path laid out to, to the title and I was right there. But within that visualization, you lose focus of what's actually in front of you. And, um, I've done it before where like you, you start like anticipating the future and that's what we do. You know, it's just as humans, we anticipate a lot. We, uh, we think about what's, what's, what's 
ahead of us or what's behind us and we have these thoughts and we could get caught up in these thoughts so um i've been really trying hard to just live in the moment even like at home with my family like if, if i'm with my son i'm with my son i'm not on my phone or i'm not thinking about the fight i'm with him or if i'm with my wife same thing and i uh we tend to as humans to get caught up in what's next because what's in front of us is never good enough and we're always wanting we want more at just by human nature and um so with that being said yeah my my main and only focus is josh emmon and if something happens you know i'll be prepared because you know a fight's never guaranteed until we both step in that cage and and they lock the door so my main focus is to be in the moment each and every day and you know, remain true to myself and not get caught up in the, in the what's next and what's, what's, what's about to be or what's possible because you, when you, when you think that way, like it's good, but at the same time, like you're thinking of great things, but you need to, you need to put in the work. And, um, when, when you're so caught up in the future, you, you, you forget about the present and, um, you could get lost. So I, I, I'm, I'm just trying really hard to, to, to do that and just be very present and focused because that presence and that like in the moment is going to help me in the fight when, when it is time to fight because Josh Emma is such a dangerous fighter. I can't be thinking about the title. I can't be thinking about who's next when I got a dangerous killer in front of me trying to knock me out with a vicious overhand or left hook or fuck a power jab, you know, like this guy is, is dangerous and I'm not going to let it slip through my fingers again. You just fought five rounds. So now just going back to three, like how much beneficial is that for you? Cause now you can push <laughs> an even harder pace. It, it, it feels easy, but at the same time it's harder because it is a harder pace. Like, I mean, in a five, five round, five, you know, 25 minute fight, I should be trying to, you know, go hard for 25 minutes but you do kind of pace yourself a bit because you're like okay i got four more rounds like if i finish one round i go back to the corner i got four more rounds but in the three rounds i i fight around i go back i got two more rounds like i gotta work so i can't be giving up rounds i can't be giving up positions like every little thing matters and in a three round fight you have to be so much more like kind of on point and win those small battles because you lose one round like you cannot afford to lose another round. So, um, like I said earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to go for 15 minutes hard. And um, my body is well prepared. My mind is well prepared. And and we'll see what happens. Uh, just final thing. How's your uh, son doing? He's good. Uh, he's seven months now. Bam, so he's crawling. He's, I mean, he's kind of in that monster stage. So, you got to watch him or he'll crawl off the bed. He'll he'll try to stand on things he loves like climbing up things and standing on things and dude he'll be running in no time and probably deadlifting 500 in a year <laughs> getting more uh sleep now compared to your last camp a little bit yeah i've 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 figured it out a bit um i mean he's always changing and going through different routines but he's like me you know he likes routine he likes structure and i feel like we got a good structure in his life so you know, we make it work. I get some good sleep. Wife's a trooper. You know, she's breastfeeding at night, and uh, I try to sleep through it. But you know, I'll help when I can. But well, Dan, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing for sure. It. Sorry for all the interruptions, but thank you, Cole. You're the man. Yeah, appreciate you. Yep. All right.
All right, we're joined by Dustin Forey, strength and conditioning coach again, Phil Rue. Phil, how's it going? Going well, man, going well. We just uh, expanded the gym and uh, a lot more going on other than what I had before, but still, still, still plugging away. <laughs> Uh, seeming like a bit of tradition now i get you on before poirier's fights like obviously we're still a couple weeks away but like how has uh camp been so far been well it's been well i know every everybody probably says that all the time but uh definitely uh he's definitely taking each day at a time you know a lot of it is you know just over time him training constantly for i don't know 10 12 years you know it does play uh play a tour you know, take a toll on you, but he's in one of the, the best conditions I've seen him in uh, coming into the fight. So the weight wasn't an issue, which is really good. You know, he's eating more, which is awesome, you know, because he has the energy to compete and to train on a daily basis. And so that's always a good thing when you're getting him ready and prepared. Uh, but I would say that, you know, we've gained a little bit more muscle this time, uh, this time around and was able to put a little bit more strength on him. Um, he's coming to me a little bit more consistently and frequently uh, for this camp, you know, because we do want to come in with a bigger, a bigger and a stronger package than the usual fights. Uh, we know that we have that size and strength advantage, so we want to make sure that we capitalize on it. Yeah, that's something I want to touch on. Obviously, Oliveira, former featherweight, just like Dustin was, but I think everyone can kind of know Dustin will be probably bigger in there. So, like, how much is this camp working on the size, especially with Oliveira wanting to take it down and like trying to just be strong and stuff the takedowns yeah it was more off camp that we were trying to build and, and maintain muscle now it's just maintenance you know fatigue management things like that he's trying to make the weight so we don't want to get too big obviously but getting some solid quality size on him in the right spots is important not for just not not just to be bigger and stronger but to also um, be more competent and have more stability in there so we want to make sure that he has that structural integrity built in and so he's not going to get injured throughout camp. And also when he gets in the fight, he's nice and strong and stable to do what he needs to do in there. How much different are you guys working on just from going from McGregor, who's more maybe a striker to now Oliveira, who might have to go with the takedowns. It's just like, does anything change how you're kind of doing, building the strength? Uh, not so much. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty basic to a degree. You know, we, we make sure that, like, like I said, off camp is more general in nature with general strength movements and exercises. And then getting closer to the fight, we work on more sports specific stuff and the things that are going to be, or at least we think is going to be inside the fight. We want to make sure that we're working those positions. We work in the kinematics in that particular position to allow for him to be strong in those, in those ways of what the fight may take him to. So, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a fight's a fight. So he knows how to do that. And that was the one thing that, we don't have to worry about, but getting him ready for this and prepared structurally, physically, um, and also mentally too as well. You know, if he pushes it in the weight room, he pushes it on the mats. Um, he's going to be more apt to doing that inside the fight. And he's a fighter's fighter, man. He knows how to he knows how to push the pace. Everybody knows that, you know. So it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, does the intensity or anything change with it being a title fight? Like obviously everything's bigger now that you're fighting for the belt, or just because he went from McGregor, it kind of seems like it's still as equally as big. Yeah, I mean, this is legacy, you know, this is his legacy. So he definitely wants that belt. He's hungry. He wants the title. He wants to stamp his legacy. And, you know, again, whether he, you know, retires or goes to 170 or stays at 155, the goal is what it is. We have a huge milestone here 
Um, we have a big, uh, you know, obviously the competition is very, uh, very hard right now, especially in the top 10, top five in the, in the UFC in the lightweight division is, is, is obviously top notch, but this one's very, uh, very intriguing. I think this matchup is really well for him. I think that you're going to see some things in the fight that you haven't seen with him, especially on the ground. Um, he has an underrated ground game, you know, obviously, we haven't been able to see it so much, but for the most part, he is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. We, you know, people don't know that. Obviously, Oliveira is top-notch when it comes to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. We all know that. And he has an underrated striking game. So all of these things are going to come into play, and that's why we love the matchup because we feel like we can take it anywhere and be dominant everywhere we go. Are you someone that you watch Oliveira too to kind of see what you need to work on, Dustin? Or is that more like Mike Brown tells you, hey, like, could we try to do this for the conditioning or do this for the strength? Or, or is it more like kind of just the team and you guys kind of come up with the plan? Yeah, it's more of like a team effort. You know, I actually like to ask Dustin what he wants to do first, you know, um, inside as far as the game plan goes. But usually he just asks me, he just tells me he's going to punch him in the face. So we, we go off the, we go off of what we see in film and in past fights and, and then I'm also looking at his movement, too. I'm looking at what he wants to do from his game plan because that's really what uh, the focus is going to be on. You know, when, when we get outside of the fight, uh, we're looking off camp. We're working, at, we're working his limitations. When he gets inside the fight camp, we're working on his compensation patterns. And for that, I mean, we're working on the things that he is strong at so we can increase that over time throughout the camp of eight weeks. And then once he gets ready to go, no matter who steps in front of him, he'll be able to take him on. Dustin's obviously known for his cardio, but is that something you guys are even pushing more mm. here? Because Oliveira, well, like he's a guy that can go late, and I wouldn't be surprised if this one goes into those championship rounds. You know, conditioning—he definitely has that. He has it from birth, man. You know, he has the genetics uh, to push the pace. You know, when when we talk about science, you know, his VO two max is high. Um, his ability to take in oxygen is is obviously top notch. Uh, we're just building upon his his ability to take in, but also expert, uh, disperse CO2, which is actually going to help him uh, go longer, right, and get more energy output. Also, we're working on his biomechanics to have him more efficient inside of the fight. So we're working on movement quality, and that's actually going to help him more so than just working the energy systems. It's actually working on um, his efficiency in there. And since he is so efficient in a sports-specific uh, realm, when you're talking about, you know, you know obviously – transitions and throwing and takedowns and things like that he's he's obviously very efficient and now when he has the structural integrity when he has the balance when we can work that in a controlled environment that's just only going to aid in his ability to do what he does best inside that cage we're just under like three weeks from the fight like what are these kind of next three weeks like for you and dustin we're tapering down now um the last week Five weeks out, I usually like to do a, uh, what we call a deload, where we just bring down volume and intensity a slight bit so that he can get uh, one or two extra weeks in of hard sparring and training. And that's really going to be dependent upon what he does inside of the skills camp, right? So whenever he, whatever he does at ATT, you know, as he's going and sparring and doing his hard rounds there, I'm kind of tapering down and backing off on the hard intensity stuff. And we're working more explosive power, more speed, uh, more speed of the sport, and then also mobility, right? Just Again, we're trying to maintain his fitness. We're trying to maintain his his uh, his muscle mass, and also increase his ability to keep training throughout this entire time. Now, the final week of the fight—that's one half his final deload, where he's not really doing much. He's gonna go ahead and cut weight, and that's a good. I mean, that's the best 
that's the best possible thing for him when he has the ability to relax because uh, he gets a huge increase in performance there when he has the ability to recover. So when it comes time for fight time, he's 100%. Are you going to go out to fight week? I know obviously you're not in the corner, but are you going out there to like be with him, and especially with this being a title fight? Man, unfortunately, this time I will not be there. Uh, I have a conference that I set up about eight months ago. So we set the date. I'm actually having it here. So it wouldn't look good if I was hosting the conference yeah. over there. But we got a big watch party for it. Um, you know, the VIP guests will watch it here. So it'll be good. With, like, what has this year been like for you and Dustin? Because, like, if he wins his fight, like, I don't really know anyone that would have a bigger year. Like, two wins over McGregor and yeah. and then beating Oliveira to become the champ. Like, that's kind of one of the best years you can have in this sport. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's really it's really up to him. You know, obviously, he's he's put a lot of time, effort into this sport. Um, I wouldn't be mad at him if he if he stepped away, got the title and, you know, rose into the you know, ride, rode into the sunset in a sense. But um, I think that for me, I like to see him defend the title, maybe even go up to 170. The 170 thing is just it's so it's, it's just a, it's it's an advantageous thing for us because he doesn't have to worry about the weight cut. He doesn't have to worry about bringing down um, any type of calories or anything like that for energy purposes. And so I think that that'll be a better look for him overall. But, you know, there's some big guys at 170. He knows that. And uh, he definitely still wants to prove uh, himself at 155 to win this title and solidify his legacy. That's something that a lot of people have talked about is Poirier wins. A lot of kind of people think he walks away. Is that something you guys talk about or is it just only focus on Oliver and you guys aren't really looking past December 11th. Yeah, de definitely not looking past all of. Oh. oh, I got you now again. Got me. Yeah. All right. So hold on. I'm back. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Okay, cool. So yeah, he's definitely not looking past Oliveira. Uh, we know that's a. That's something that we definitely got to work towards. And, but at the end of the day, you know, whatever he decides to do, we've, we've hinted to that here and there, but I mean, whatever, he doesn't need to fight. Like he said before, um, he makes a lot of money now. He makes good money. Um, maybe not, not as much as he should, in my opinion, yeah. but, um, but you know, it's really up to him at the end of the day. I think that he doesn't have anything more to prove, especially if he wins this title. Um, but I'm, I'm with him no matter what. So we'll see. What would it mean for you if he wins the belt to have like a UFC champion as a guy you work with pretty closely? Man, this would be a dream come true, man. This is something that we've worked towards for a long time. I started working with him five years ago, six years ago, almost 11, 12 camps. Um, and I just seen him get exponentially better every fight, which is crazy. Every every camp, you know, he's just putting it all in play, you know, putting it all together. And so to see it, and the way it will, you know, come December 11th when he gets that get that strap wrapped around his waist, um, the you know for the real welterweight or for the real real lightweight title, it'll be awesome, man, awesome to see. And then hopefully maybe we'll do the welterweight thing, you know, that'd be something that would be fun, you know. But either way, December 11th, we have a huge task on our hands, and uh, I think you know Dustin's going to come out on top. Uh, just a couple more things. 170, if he moved there, like how much easier is that? Not easier, but like how much better is that for you? Because I'm sure you can do a lot more things that you can't do right now at 55. 
Definitely better. Definitely better. Not not just for you know the ability to put on muscle and strength, but to give him more food, to give him more calories, and that'll give him more energy. You know, so more training volume, more frequency of training, um, better recovery. You know, things like that. And that'll definitely help in all aspects. Not just not just in the strength and, and conditioning world, but also in his skills training too as well. Um, he's not beating down his body trying to make the weight obviously he'll he'll make the weight he's a professional he does it very well um and he sweats very he sweats a lot so that's not a that's not an issue you know but um but yeah i mean that's always in the back of every fighter's mind is, is the weight cut you know everybody knows that so the weight cuts the first fight and we gotta get that out the way before we get to the real fight uh just last thing for you personally like what's kind of life like i know you said you expanded the gym like i check out your instagram a lot you're working with a lot of different like fighters and people like what's kind of life been like for you Oh man, it's crazy. <laughs> like always, you know, I, I'm a father, also a husband. And also I, I run two businesses, you know, we have the online, online business, we have the gym business, you know, I work with a couple of celebrities now too, as well. So that's a little different than working with fighters. Um, fun, interesting, but, uh, but all good, man. Everything's moving up, you know, um, I got some things in the works. I'm actually going to start my own charity here pretty soon. So working with the disadvantaged youth here in Broward County, uh, work with some of the high school football teams too as well. So it's always good to give back to the community, uh, especially where I'm from, um, where they really need it. And so those are the things that I'm looking forward to, you know, expanding more, uh, about to open up another facility, uh, primarily for recovery and also for testing. So we're going to do a lot of data analysis metrics for fighters. So all fighters can come in, get a consultation, find out where their strengths, where the weaknesses are, get some recovery too as well with all of the uh, machines that we have there. So we're putting a lot of money into this place. Um, we're kind of simulating it almost to be somewhat of a UFCPI type style um, so they can come and get their testing. And then if they need to train somewhere else, obviously we can give the numbers to the coach and to the coaches that are taking care of their camps. Um, if they want to spend time here and do some, do some camps with us, by all means, we'll make it happen. And uh, I'm actually getting into bare knuckle now. So we got a couple bare knuckle guys. Obviously, got Hector Lombard has been my guy for for almost a decade. So um, good to see him still still doing it. And uh, a couple of new guys coming in. Also, I'm getting into I'm getting into the the world of boxing. Obviously, I've been boxing uh, for a while, but working with some boxers. But we got a boxing gym now, so that's inside of my gym. So we're actually working really close with those guys, which is cool. So branching out. Not just MMA, boxing, judo, jiu-jitsu, bare knuckle. So it's all good. I know you're kind of considered like one of the best, if not the best, like strength conditioning coach. But do you think Poirier winning the belt will only help like solidify that for you and like showing that you like you're doing stuff right? I mean, here's the thing. Like I'm a very small, small piece of the pie. Yeah. Mike Brown, Diet Davis, you know, those guys really deserve all the credit, you know, for me. I just love to see my guy be well prepared physically, mentally. And and if I can do that and be that small part, that would that would definitely help. You know, I, I got nominated again for the World MMA Awards Trainer of the Year. And so we'll see. You know, that that's always a good thing to get recognized by your peers and then people really um really take into the content that I've been putting out, you know. But I but I mentor over nine hundred and fifty coaches from around the world in my mentorship program. And to see those guys get the results and the success that they've had with my methods and the protocols that I put in place, that does show me that what we're doing here actually works. And then to go through all the stats and see the improvements of all the fighters, not just a Dustin Poirier, but even the regional scene guys, which, okay, so I know that what I'm doing from a grand scale 
is actually working up and down the chain of command. Well, Phil, I appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. We're joined by UFC middleweight Eric Anders, who's back at UFC 269. Eric, how's it going, man? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Obviously, you were supposed to fight uh, November 13th. You had to pull out of that one. How quickly were you able to, like, accept this fight? Because this one came together pretty quick. Um, You know, I, I wanted to fight one time before the end of the year. Um, my fight got scrapped. And then, which actually, I guess, ended up being a good thing because... You know, I think Roman had to pull out of his fight anyway. So, man, it, it was just a, a good situation, um, a good opponent. You know, I had been training for six weeks before, so it's not even like it's really a short-notice fight for me anyways. So, um, just had to change a few things up with the game plan and things like that. And, uh, you know, now we're back to it. And fighting on this big card, like how much better uh, is that now? Silent on me. Oh, did you lose me now? Can you hear me or no? There we go. Uh, I was just saying, like, fighting on this big card, what's that like for you now? Uh, I mean, you know, for me, it's an opportunity. You know, a lot of people will be watching. You know, my last fight was very uh, lackluster, to say the least. And so, you know, now it's, now, now it's uh, a good opportunity for me to get back. And, uh, you know, I think that whenever you fight, Whenever people hear somebody fight, you know, it's kind of like a brand. Like when you buy Nike shoes, you know what you're getting. When you watch Adesanya fight, you know what you're getting. And I feel like it's the same way for, for a lot of the fighters. So, you know, I'm not very happy with my last performance. And so, you know, looking to get back to the to the Eric Anders brand and, and way of fighting. How much do you know about Andre Muniz? Dude, you know, he's really good, you know. Um, you know, grow Jacare's arm. You know what else you need to know. You know, uh, I don't think that Jacare had been taken down. Um, you know, in the UFC, you know, or people that have even attempted to take him down. He took him down twice and then submitted him on top of that. So that's for me, that's super impressive for a guy to have that skill set and have the jujitsu be on that caliber. So, you know, so. You know, obviously every fight presents, uh, you know, a different opportunity, a different set of challenges and a different puzzle to solve. But, you know, I think my takedown defense is really good. I think my submission defense is really good. And, uh, you know, it's no secret what it is I'm trying to do, man. You know, keep it on the feet and, uh, you know, go collect the 50K bonus. How much of this camp is just preparing for takedown defense? Um... You know, uh, you know, I feel like my takedown defense is pretty good already. So, yeah, of course, we're like, you know, dialing things in and, uh, you know, perfecting it, if you will, you know, adding skill set. But, um, you know, I have to focus on my strengths as well. You know, I think my strengths is the way that I'm going to win the fight. So, you know, of course, you know, we uh, train his strengths, but, you know, I, I don't really know if I could put a percentage on it, but, you know, I'm working on me, too. How do you kind of see this fight playing out? Because you're a guy that likes to get that knockout. Yeah, and, that, you know, that's, that's what I'm going to try and do, you know. I'm uh, trying to keep it on the feet, you know. If he does take me down, I'm quite confident that I'll be able to get back up uh, and keep it on the feet. Um, but, hey, don't sleep on your boy jiu-jitsu neither, man. You know, boy, boy a world champ. Uh as well so 
I don't know any of his credentials or whatever, but, um, man, you know, I, I just think that, uh, the hands is where you make the money and the, uh, you know, knocking people out is where you make money. Submissions are cool and all, but man, you know, whenever you see somebody get knocked out, it makes guys, you know, the commentators, you know, Joe Rogan and everybody jump out of their seat and stuff, you know, they don't really do that, um, for submissions. So I'm not really like, uh, chasing submissions, you know, so. Uh, I'm just going to look to go out there, do me, and, um, you know, put hands on them. Your football background, like how much does that help with your wrestling and takedown defense? Um, you know, football is really good for developing strop, strong hips um, and, and footwork and stuff. So, um, and, you know, just like good core strength, you know. So, um, man, I, de- I definitely think I'll have like the strength advantage uh, and the speed advantage. Um, as well as cardio. So, you know, I think that, um, and, you know, that, you know, kind of play, especially playing outside linebacker, defensive end, you know, it's basically wrestling, man. The ball is snapped and you guys are, you know, kind of sumo wrestling uh, a little bit. So, you know, I I like, uh, you know, the background that I come from, and I think it kind of suits me well for this fight. Where do you think win over Andre puts you in the division? Because he was a guy that was in the rankings for a while. Um, man, if not in the top 15, like right below it. This fight, another fight, I should be there. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Do you plan to call anyone out with a win? Um, man, I really haven't paid much attention to the division, like who's ranked where. You know, obviously, like, you know who the top five guys are, but, you know, it'd be, you know, foolish to you know you're not going to get a top five guy um you know especially not in the top 15 so you know um i'm sure on fight week i'll have a little more time on my hands to kind of scroll through and and see the you know how the division is and you know i'm sure i'll have a name on my mind how different has fight camp been or not fight camp training camp been since training for roman to now because i i thought roman was going to try to grapple you as well um man very similar um, I, I think uh, Andre's a little more traditional in his jiu-jitsu. Roman was, you know, he'll dive for your legs out of nowhere or from any position, you know. So I'm sure um, Muniz has that same skill set, but I think he's like a like more traditional upper body, you know, arm bars, triangles, darces, and things like that. So, you know, um, uh, they're, they're, they're similar, you know been been working on to you know defending takedowns and getting back up for you know i think by the time fight comes around 10 12 weeks so you know i'll be ready to go how long have you been in arizona now because you obviously did the roman camp yeah I, I was out here for like six weeks then i got covid so i couldn't train for a week went home for a week and then uh they called me to fight and now so now i'm back out here um i've been out here for like four weeks so, you know, this is like a, like a 10 week camp for me. And John Jones was in the gym. What was that like? I, it was good, man. You know, um, I get like mixed reviews on social media about, uh, training with a guy like that, but like, man, I really don't judge anybody or care what they do outside the, you know, outside the, uh, the, you know, the training room and, and cage and stuff. So, you know, it is what it is for me. But, man, having a guy like that who, you know, regardless how you feel about him, man, he's the GOAT. You know, his resume, he's got the best resume, you know, finished, you know, the current 205 champ, Machida, you know, everybody. So, um, 
it, it was good to like kind of soak up some of that knowledge and uh you know he does have a lot to offer a gym you know having a guy like that kind of makes everybody elevate their game okay i'm out here you know working with the you know the greatest of all time so how can you not get better was that just like a one-day thing or was he out there for a while um, no, nah, he, he was out here for a few days. I think he's out, you know, looking for a camp. Um, cause I guess they had a falling out with Jackson Wink or whatever. I don't know the particulars of what's going on with that, but I know, you know, uh, Cejudo's on the recruiting trail right now. So, you know, he's trying to bring guys in, guys and girls in, Hadway Lee, Figueroa, um, trying to bring John Jones, um, I guess. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh. You know, I, I don't make these decisions who comes and who goes and, you know, does all these things. I'm just kind of here to reap the benefits. Is is Henry becoming sort of like a coach? What was that? Is Henry becoming like a coach at the gym? Yeah, Henry's here a lot, you know, um, especially when he brings guys in, you know. Um, I think he's a fantastic coach, and he also, um, you know, tries to coach and talk about, like, the mental aspect of fighting, which I think is something that is very neglected in coaching, you know. A lot of coaches, you know, they'll show you jabs and crosses and double legs and single legs and things like that. But, you know, how to prepare the mind to, to go fight, you know, I think is um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of like a, a unexplored territory. You know, you have like a, some like mindset coaches and stuff. But, you know, when you have a Somebody like Cejudo, who's an Olympic champ, a double champ. Like, okay, you know, that, that, those are the guys that those are the guys that I, I would ask. You know, what is your mindset going into a fight? What is your mindset during camp? What is your mindset? Boom, boom, boom. And you know, they've been there, they've done that, they've been at the top, they've been at the pinnacle. So, you know, you know, not to say that you know somebody else's knowledge isn't, but I want to know from the guy who, who's been there. You get your hand raised here. Like, how quickly would you want to turn it around? Just be like, how quickly do you want to turn this thing around? Like, I assume you want some time off with the family after this. Uh, you asked how soon do I want to fight again? Yeah, like, when is that time frame? Um, I don't know. You know, sometimes, you know, you take a lot of damage and get beat up in a fight, and, you know, you have some injuries that need to heal. You know, sometimes you go out there and, and uh, you know, a win and, you know, less than a minute so um to me that that's the biggest factor um of when i'd want to fight again so i don't know um definitely the first quarter of next year though well eric i appreciate the time thank you so much for doing this hey my pleasure man sorry about my phone i don't know maybe i think it got wet or something yeah no worries hopefully next time it'll be working All right, we're joined by UFC bandweight Randy Costa, who's got a big fight upcoming. Randy, how's it going? I'm doing good, brother. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, before like right getting right into it, Tony Kelly, like this is another kind of all action guy. Like when you found out this is the name, was it just like an immediate yes? Like you're, it's hard to picture this being a boring fight. Yeah, dude. I mean, I kind of assumed so. Like, I, I did. I didn't expect the fight to come to come to us right away. We hadn't you know, told the UFC that we were ready for another fight right away. We hadn't told them like a time frame or anything like that. They kind of approached us with that matchup on that date. So I was like, oh, they just, I think they're kind of pitting two guys together that they kind of know. Um, 
are just like just don't really give a fuck and are gonna kind of just throw bombs. Um, and it like we're opening up the so it seems like that's a that's a perfect spot for that fight. Um, I love that man. Tony's a savage. Um, real gritty dude. Good cardio. Um, you know, energize a bunny type guy. He's not really gonna fade. He's not really gonna slow down, and he's always gonna put something in your face. Uh, I expect us to kind of just meet in the middle and just throw. It's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be a good fight. His congratulations. Have to make you know pay respect to his girlfriend. I assume Andrea KGB Lee. She looked fucking awesome this weekend. Tony in the corner. Uh, congratulations to them. That was a, a huge win, obviously. Um, and she looked she looked awesome. When you found out you'd be on this date, and then you kind of see the rest of the card getting put together, like you have like Josh Emmett, Dan Ige, and like Dominic Cruz on the prelims. Like it's a pretty stacked card back in front of fans. Like what's that like for you being on this and being back in front of the fans? Yeah, man. So like my, I guess my number one bucket list fight or like thing that I wanted to get done in my UFC career was, was, was getting a real fight in Vegas uh, in front of fans. I, I fought in Vegas, what, two or three times at this point, And it's with no fans. It's not really like fighting in Vegas. It's like fighting in, in a gym, you know, it, it's whatever. But this is the first one where it's like, dude, like this is fucking cool. Like this is T-Mobile Arena. I mean, I'm not. I'm obviously not going to fight in front of a sold-out crowd, but there will be people in the stands kicking off a, a huge night, um, you know, last pay-per-view of the year. It's just really cool, man, and, and, and it's, I'm, just, I'm just really, like, grateful to be in the position that I am in and very humbled to be in the position that I am in. I, I, just, I just can't wait for December 11th, dude. It's going to be sick. It is a fairly quick turnaround, too. So, like, what has kind of the past couple months been like since the Yanez fight? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I didn't take like any crazy damage uh, in the fight, and it's not like I got <clears throat> like slept in the fight. You know, I got I got put down in the fight, but I didn't get slept. So, it was, like, the recovery for it wasn't a huge deal. I didn't really have to like you know baby things or really you know take it slow. I was kind of in the gym right away. Obviously, not not taking head trauma and stuff like the gym right away. Uh, but th this is what I wanted, man. I, I wanted a little bit sooner, but you know that's me kind of being hard headed. December, you know, December time frame coming off a loss in July. Uh, it it kind of seems like it's the perfect time frame, um, given where I am in the UFC and my career, my age, uh, and fight played out. I don't think in the last in the I got outclassed stretch of the emotion. I think that I have a case that I need to work on and need, but that's that really doesn't warrant me taking like a year lay, uh, layoff to you know get ready for that for this kind of fight, um, especially with Kelly, who you know I'm sure he's more than happy to like engage you know, like a pissing fight with me or, or, or get in there, you know, throw down and not really like make it a different kind of fight that I, maybe I wasn't prepared. Adrian and, and Tony are kind of like stand up oriented fights. So it really isn't, you know, I was kind of able to like get right back into a camp. Um, what I want to stay, stay, you know, keep my name up. I was holding and and I can kind of, you know, plant that and, and, and get rolling into the new year on, on a, on a positive note. Stylistically, like how do you think you match up against them? Cause it, it is on paper. It just seems like kind of two strikers that are going to kind of just throw down. A fun matchup. We're both like, you know, good kickboxers or good boxers in different regards. We, we, he has a very different style than me, uh, but we're both, we're both unorthodox in our own ways. I'm a little bit more like wiry and like frantic and he's kind of like gritty um, and switches stances really well, which I, I switch stances really well too. 
I think this is going to be a pretty like high level matchup, dude. I don't think it's going to be like one of those throwaway fights that it's just like you know just two thirty five is just kind of just just fighting just to have a place on the on the. I think this is this going to be a pretty calculated fight. Um, I mean, he comes he trains with good people, you know. Obviously, Andrea Lee's nasty too. Um, I think I think it's going to be I think. I think the fans and whoever's watching is going to be in for a treat. And I think that Tony and I are both in for a treat too. I think that no, and both respect each other and are ready to put on a, you know, a, a sick show to close out the year. Um, putting any pressure on yourself to like kick off the card of the bang, because like you put some good fight out there. It seems like normally when the first fight's good, the rest of the card kind of lives up to it. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I go out there, my first punch of the night is the hardest punch that I'm going to throw anyway. So it doesn't really matter, like, where my position is on the card. Um, I mean, you saw, I opened up UFC 236 against Brandon Davis, which was my UFC debut. And that was on Dustin Poirier versus Max, uh, that that card. Um, and I went out there and, and I, I heard him with the first punch that I threw. And that was, that fight kicked off that card with, you know, bananas as well. So I, I expect the same thing. Tony's not like a lay and pray, boring type fighter. Tony is a fighter. Uh, he's going to go in there and he's going to try to fight me. And as I'm going to go do the same thing. So I think that, you know, kicking it off with a bang is probably the inevitable. It's probably a safe bet that it's going to be an exciting fight, um, whichever direction it goes. Um, I just can't wait, dude. It's going to be it's going to be fun. Well, with Tony, his last fight was his first fight at Bantamweight. Like he's primarily been a 45, but you're a pretty big 35 yourself. So do you think there's not really going to be much of a size difference between you two? No, man. I mean, I like. We're going to be the same weight on – it's different when you're dealing with, like, 35ers than if you're dealing with, like, 85ers. You know, 85ers, if they put – if you put 10% of your body weight back on and I put 20% of my body weight back on after cutting to 85, that's a way bigger discrepancy than, you know, a couple 35ers. Even if he has, like, six pounds on me or I have six pounds on him, that's really not a huge deal. Um, I'm sure that we'll be around the same size on fight night. Um, he'll be a little bit bigger than me, I imagine. Uh, he's a thick kid. Um yeah, I don't. I don't think it's gonna like really make a difference. It's not like, it's not like that. I I don't have power, or you know, he's like a crazy hard punch or anything like that. It's 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 even. It's not really anything different. You know, dude, it's crazy. Like he has, he looks like he has the same build as Brandon Davis. He fights similar to Brandon Davis, and he fucking looks like Brandon yeah. Davis. And I'm kicking out. You know, we're fighting on the first fight, and I'm fighting Brandon Davis again, dude. That's what I'm doing. Whatever. Fuck it. Your speed, like how big. Uh, do you think that's gonna be because even when i talked to adrian after your fight like he thought like he was kind of caught off guard by your speed like he said he admitted like he didn't think you're gonna be as fast as you were yeah i mean i, I don't think that it's necessarily that like <clears throat> i'm fast or i'm slow or overly or anything like that i think i'm just i think i'm just unorthodox and it's tough for guys to they don't really know what to watch when they're fighting me so i think everything kind of appears a little bit faster i don't think like i'm a crazy fast puncher or a crazy hard puncher I think I'm an unorthodox, uh, an unorthodox puncher, and I think I'm a like a, like a different kind of. I'm an angle puncher, you know. I'm 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 in different angles, and I think that maybe it appears to be faster than what it is. But I, I don't necessarily think that I have crazy fast hand speed. I think I have a, a, a you know quick jab, but I don't think that that someone would label me as like a fast puncher. You know, I think it's more like the angles and and like unorthodox and like creativity that would make someone say that, but. You know, thank you for the compliment, I guess, Adrian. I appreciate it. <laughs> How do you kind of see this one playing out? Just because Tony is a pretty durable guy, but in the same right, like you fought a lot of these durable guys and you've kind of found a way to put them out as well. Yeah, man. Everybody's durable, right? I mean, and 
people keep saying that he's durable and that this, that, the other thing, but you know, respect to him, obviously, but he's in the same position as I am. We only have eight pro fights or nine pro fights, you know? So how, how much can you actually know about either of us if we don't even have that much experience? You know, I, I do think he's super fucking durable, but I, I, I think it's, I think it would discredit me and it would like almost give him too much credit if you say that he's like overly durable, you know, because he only has so many fights. If he is overly durable and that's the truth and all the respect in the world, obviously, I think he's extremely durable, but I don't think that's going to be the difference maker in the fight. I think that to jump on to jump on him being durable as like a difference maker in the fight would be a stretch, especially with like the lack of experience that both of us have. You know, that's just that's just kind of a stretch. Um, but yeah, he, he's, he's definitely fucking tough and gritty and, and, and all that. I, I agree a thousand percent. Do you put like any pressure on yourself to go out there and get the finish? Or is it more just only focus to just do what it takes to win? No, man, me neither. I'm just, I just kind of like live in the moment. I don't really like, I, I'm only able to control what I can control. Right. So if I, if I start putting all this pressure on myself, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. It doesn't really make sense because he might have a, you know, he might take me down in five seconds of the fight. And then my whole idea of how the fight was going is completely out of the window. You know, it's like, I can only control what I can control. Um, I don't really look at it like, oh, I have to go do this. I like, I get to go do this. I get to be in the position that I'm in where, you know, I feel like I have to win or I feel like I don't have to win. I feel like I can go compete. I, I don't really like, I don't really like give a fuck. It's like, I, I feel extremely lucky to be in the position that I am. So to put any sort of like negative mindset or negative mentality on the position that I am would just be like an insult to like, like all the hard work that I've done. I know I have to win. I know I have to compete. You know, I know I have to fight hard. I know all those things, but like to stress on them, it doesn't really make sense. I can only can control what I can control and I can, I'm going to control, you know, what I can and what's in front of me on December 11th. Um, and, and that's really it. There's, there's really, it. that's the beautiful thing about a fist fight. You're really not sure what the fuck's going to happen. Where do you think a win over Tony puts you? Just because the bandweight division is kind of like so deep and so stacked. I think, well, first of all, I, I don't think with, with the Adrian loss, I don't think that I necessarily lost any stock. I think if anything, I, I grew my stock a little bit. I, you know, I, I showed that, you know, that I can fight and I can compete with the, to with the toughest guys and the best guys. Um, and I also showed like my ceiling. I, I showed that, you know, I can if I can get a hold, I can get everything right. Then, you know, round one, Randy can be a round three, Randy. And then that, that'll probably be pretty dangerous. Uh, I think a win over Tony gets me. I'm not going to, I'm obviously not going to say top 15 because that's fucking insane. But I think like a, a bigger fight outside the top 15, like a, like a veteran type dude or, or like someone that's coming off a loss outside the top 15 or something like that. I think I'm right back in that mix, but I, I'm not in a rush, dude. I'm, I'm young. I'm, I'm inexperienced. You know, going into this, into this fight, this UFC fight, this will be more fights in the, in my professional career in the UFC than out of the UFC. And I've only had eight fucking fights. You know, that's an insane, literally half of my professional record is in the UFC. And if I only had eight fights, that's a lot of, you know, that's, that's a lot of experience in the UFC. So like, I still have so much time. Time is, time is on my side. Um, my body feels good. I haven't taken like any crazy damage from, you know, all the years of training and training. You know, I'm pretty lucky in that regard. Um, but I, I think a, I think a win opens a lot of doors, especially an exciting win on that platform, on that card. Um, but I can't think that way, man. I can only focus. I can only worry about what's in front of me, and, and I have to get through Tony first. I'm sure you've probably seen it. Like people 
think all oh, Randy can only fight for like one round. Like, is that something that kind of bothers you? You want to kind of prove or do you just let them say whatever they want? I'm going to get paid the same, whether I go one round, five rounds, 45 rounds. It does, like it does. I don't really like give a fuck because like the same people that are like saying that I'm going to go and, you know, it's going to be the first round or whatever are the same people that are watching from the stands, you know? Yeah. So it doesn't like, I don't really care what the people from the outside are saying because like, realistically they they're not in my position they couldn't be in my position so i listen to the people like if like my coaches and stuff tell me that or my like my close people tell me like hey dude like this is what the problem is you need to get out of the first round this that then i'm gonna listen to them because they're they're helping me you know and their words matter but like i don't really give a fuck about like what the guy on the internet says whose fucking profile picture is a rooster and he has 40 followers you know it doesn't matter dude. i don't really care like let them talk dude whatever it's it's all good how's the uh camp at sanford because this is what your second like official camp but then you had the one canceled one so what, what's technically like kind of three camps you've had there now yeah the, i guess this is the, the the second and a half camp i guess right because i was only i was only there for a short amount of time before um before i was getting ready for that trevin fight anyway so this is the second camp um and, and i feel like super like at home now i feel like i'm in a good rhythm my schedule is money i've got i've got everything figured out um <clears throat> there is no like correlation between last camp being the first camp at Sanford and my loss to Adrian. There's no, there's no correlation to that at all. But I mean, of course, like, you know, going through and starting to work, you know, changing schedules and things like that, it does affect, but zero effect on the fight. Um, but obviously it makes it a little bit smoother now through camp. Um, when I know that how everything's going to run on Monday to, you know, how my day is going to look or how my camp's going to look. There's really no like confusion. Everything is set. Everything's good. I feel at home. I feel like I'm with the guys now. I feel like I'm with the coaches now. Um, I feel like we're just all on the same, like I, I know everything is on the same page. Um, and I just feel, I just feel good, man. I, I just, I just feel like I'm in a good spot. I really can't wait to perform in, in a few weeks, man. I really can't wait. Who is going to be in your corner? Like, are you still having like Joe and all them, or is it just going to be all the Sanford guys? Yeah, man, I have I'll have Lozon and and Rebella who who have cornered me, you know, since my my first amateur fight. Um, but I'm bringing someone from Sanford this time, someone that I can move around with and and like just give me looks throughout fight week that I've been training with throughout throughout this whole camp. Um, that's probably like the 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 biggest thing, like, I, I feel like my coaches at home, like we're all on the same page. Like they see like certain videos and we talk about what works and what doesn't work. Everybody's in communication with each other. Everything is one. Um, but like with, I like having Rebello and, and Joe Lowe's on there because I feel like that they just like know me, like they, they know how I am. And like all like the little things that I like through fight, like all like the little stupid stuff that like people who haven't gone through fight week don't really know about, you know, just like little stupid things mindset things and this and then you know just like little stupid things um so I'll, I'll definitely be having those guys there um and I, i'm in yeah dude we're everybody's on the same page we're all on the same page with sanford we're all on the same page with with the guys that are coming with me with with you know bringing a training partner everything is just is just fucking good dude everything's just good oh you get your hand raised here like how quickly like are you hoping another quick turnaround start building this momentum up I mean, it's, it's completely circumstantial, right? I mean, I could have a fight like Adrian where, you know, I win, but I, maybe I take a little bit more damage so I can, you know, buy a little bit more time. Um, in a perfect world, you know, get through that fight and, and however long it is with minimal damage. And I would for sure like, you know, mid first quarter 2021, uh, 2022. Uh, that, that would be pretty ideal to me. I don't want to wait like another eight months or, or nine months or anything like that. 
um yeah like like you know february march type deal but i i definitely want to get a little fat during christmas and hopefully they put you back on a pay-per-view like i think you're a guy that should only be fighting in front of fans i hope so dude i, I mean i would like to think so and i think that like my style is very fan friendly like whatever side of the decision that i'm on i think it's a you probably know that it's going to be exciting like whether i'm fucking snoozing or someone else is snoozing it's probably going to be pretty cool uh, just last thing, one of your teammates, Michael Chandler, had one of like the best fights. What did you think of that fight? Because I was watching a bunch of my buddies, and they're like, I think this is the best fight I've ever seen. Dude, that was so cool. Um, what was really cool for me to say is that, or to see is that, one, the entire fight, like the fight with Adrian and I, was, was built on respect and it you know, followed through like even after the fight, and they still like laid it on, laid it on the line. But what was really fucking cool is both of those guys said things about the fight leading into it, and they both backed it up. Chandler said, I'm not fucking shooting. I'm going to stay right in front of your face. Like, that's all, you know. They they said it was going to be a crazy fight, and they delivered a crazy fight. And it's just insane. Like, I feel bad for Billy Q. Billy Q is like a, a friend of mine. You know, he got completely hosed. The fight that he had was right after Chandler and Gaethje, and that fight was fucking bananas. But, dude, like, it sounded like you were, like, in church. Like, it was just – or a funeral. It was just, you know, dead silent. It was – like, that just says something with, like, how – like, nobody had any adrenaline left over. Nobody had any, like, energy, you know, to put into the Billy Q and Shane Burgos fight. Those those boys deserve a lot of attention, too. But I do agree with you that that Chandler-Gaethje fight is, like – man, that's got to be, like, top top five of all time, right? I mean, that fight was fucking insane. Yeah, that Billy Q fight, I literally watched it again the next morning because I'm like, I wasn't paying attention enough. Like, I couldn't, like, even me, I'm like, I don't really, like, it was a good fight to watch it, but I, like, couldn't comprehend. Like, I'm still, like, how did Gaethje Taylor just do that? Yes, dude, and that that's, like, that fight, Burgos and Billy Q is fight out of the night on any other card, yeah. you know, ever. Like, uh, uh, Billy Q was getting, ate, like, 400 calf kicks in that first round and was still fuck it, I'm moving forward. I don't even care. And Burgos, you know, rolling with punches so smooth. It was just, that was just a good fight. You know, they, they obviously didn't have like the pizzazz and stuff of, of the Chandler and Gaethje, but it was just a fucking, just a badass fight, man. That was, that was cool. Well, Randy, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it, brother. I'll talk to you.